Osiris. Hey, this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 82 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside... Jeff Kolath. And thanks for joining us as we take our journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. It is uh, officially March, which means, you know, the, the greatest best, or the greatest sporting event is getting ready to, to get going here shortly. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk not about uh, basketball, but about music. Right, Jeff? Right, Harvey. Yeah, right, we might Harvey. squeeze some other topics in, too. I'm just happy that we got together to record an episode and there's not some massive national crisis happening like there usually is when we decide to record. So yeah. I realize I probably jinxed us for Friday. Uh-huh. But yep. nonetheless, it's nice to go into this episode with a clear mind this week. <laughs> uh, things, things well on your end? Everybody's good? Yeah. All three, all three and a half of you? Three and a half. It's been cold here in Memphis this week. Winter yeah. decided to come back, and I'm sure it's been a little colder where you are. Uh, it has. It's it's, it's snowed here today. Which is really? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, not like uh, crazy, but it was like it flurried for like an hour, like pretty serious flurries. So um, yeah. I uh, two good things happened today. One at work. One after work. First thing uh, at work. We uh, acquired the 1971 Gibson Les Paul that the guitarist Skip Pitts played with Isaac Hayes in his backing band and played at the Wattstacks Festival in 1972. Um, nice. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um, and remarkably, it was discovered by a guy in rural Virginia. So go figure how, and for those of you that don't know Skip Pitts is, Skip Pitts is the guy that plays the, he is a fairly unknown guitarist who's famous uh, for two riffs. One is the song, It's Your Thing by the Isley Brothers. And then the other is the Wawa pedal solo on the theme from Shaft by Isaac. Oh, damn. So, so Skip, Skip is, uh, Skip is no longer with us, but if, Hey, if you're going to be a guitar player and you want people to kind of know who you are, or, um, those are two pretty good songs to be associated with. And then nice. after after work, I went to a new bar for me in Memphis, Alex's Tavern. Those of you from Memphis who might know about Alex, Alex's is pretty much the closest thing within reason to a Wisconsin traditional Wisconsin tavern with the jukebox and the uh, shuffleboard table and Pabst on draft <laughs> and uh, and uh, a really good burger, really good bar burger. Um, and it was the first time that I could say I sat and actually watched Fox News. 
for a long period of time. And I will say this about Fox News. You know what's good about Fox News, Harvey? They're consistent. <laughs> sure. Um, actually, it was their 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 crawler on the bottom uh-huh, has all yeah. kinds of stories in it that don't either I've not I had not seen or the MSNBC crawler or whatever CNN doesn't doesn't carry. So right. it's all kinds of stuff about state governments and thing. Most of it most of it was terrible news. But nonetheless, it was really, it was, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was happening in Utah. So I give Fox News credit for covering uh, a lot of stuff. And that is the only time I'll give Fox News credit. Hmm. So what's going on with you, Harvey? um, Not much. You know, we had uh, Mardi Gras as we record. This was a couple days ago. So that's always a fun, uh, fun holiday in, in my life. It's probably the day that I miss New Orleans more than any other in in the calendar year, just because it is a celebration that is unique to that city, obviously. And, um, well, I mean, not unique, but it, you know, it, it is the one of those things that, yeah, right. And it's one, you know, it's the thing that, that makes it just the fact that a city just closes for three days to party is, you know, pretty, pretty awesome. But, um, yeah, no, we're, uh, everything's good. I'm looking forward to, uh, I am, you know, about a week and a half out from, from seeing Panic, so that'll be fun. Ah, I'm looking for, will you be live tweeting? Uh, uh, maybe, yeah, stuff? maybe I should. I don't, I mean, it seems like work, but maybe, I mean, I can do that, right? I think so. Yeah. And what's actually, I'm excited about going with a, a friend of mine who lives up there who is, um, who is a, a live music fan, um, but has never seen widespread before. So he's, you know, he's about my age and has seen, you know, various incarnations of the dead and, you know, other bands of that ilk, but has never, never been to a panic show. So that'd be, that's always kind of neat to see, um, you know, through, a, uh, the experience it through somebody's eyes that, that hasn't before. I like how when you describe your friend who has never seen Panic before, you called them widespread. Right, because that's what they would say. Because like a spreadhead. <laughs> I got into a, I got into, like, I called out, who was it? Oh, it was, it was Sirius XM Jam On was like, I forget what they tweeted, but it was something like, you know, uh, who are all the spreadheads out there? <laughs> and I was like. I forget what it was. Just like you know, has anybody ever actually called a you know a fan of Panic a spreadhead? Like, except for people who don't know anything about the band. <laughs> and I got some. I got some uh, some good retweets on that. So. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, that's that that doesn't work. What did you so, call yourself, Harvey? Um, like in my role as a fan of the band yeah or what did you call other fans of the band um just freaks yeah yeah i mean i guess just panic fans mm-hmm. i mean i don't know it's, I don't, it's don't don't ever think it i guess <laughs> true um so uh we're gonna continue with the second part of our or the, the countdown for our favorite traditional closers we did uh six through ten last episode but um and to, so then this week we'll go uh, one through five but uh before we get too deep into it what uh you got anything to good share with people 
I do. I actually have two things, but this one is just, it's sort of absurd. Um, I use YouTube a lot to li- to listen to music and and find things to to just new things to discover or whatever. And a lot of times when you search for something, it gives you sort of like it get, puts things in the up next queue. And sometimes it's really good stuff, and other times it's really random. But I don't know. I I was there's a this is gonna too much information, but I'll, so I'll make it brief. There's a t- television show that was in, on in West Germany in the 1970s called Beat Club, which bands that toured over yeah. there would go go and play. And they'd play in front of a blue screen. So imagine most of the great bands from the 70s, they played at Beat Club, but the dead did that. So I was ended up listening to that show while at work the other day. And the next thing down was this grateful dead thing. And it just started. I was like, what is this? And I came across and it's by a, uh, YouTube. What are, what are the people on YouTube that post videos? YouTube poster host, YouTube, uh, YouTube, uh, yeah, artist, YouTube, YouTuber, mm. grateful dead. Osaurus Rex. who has <laughs> 790 subscribers. Okay. Compiled a five hour grateful dead in quotes, jam only. Compilation. Oh, I think I think I've, I've heard about this. Nineteen seventy-one to nineteen eighty-three, and it starts with playing in the band from eleven twenty-one seventy-three in Denver, and then it ends some five hours later with "Not Fade Away" from Red Rocks in uh, on eight twelve seventy-nine. And I will say, I am, I uh, I don't know if I should be proud of this, um, but I got through four hours and fifty-four minutes of it <laughs> uh, on Tuesday. Um, while at work and I got it. I mean, a lot of these shows, I mean, they're famous shows. It's Winterland 74, um, Philadelphia, uh, September 72. It's a lot of, it's some Dick's picks and Dave's picks. So it's, I mean, it shows that sound really good. Boston 73, um, Buffalo, a lot of 79s, the Hartford 83 show that was on Dick's picks, which is an awesome show for an 80s show, uh, for, in my opinion, um, the 827 72. So it's again, it's like mainstream releases and things. It sounds really good, but the guy actually does a really good job of sort of weaving everything together so that it makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, But yeah, if you just, if you just want to hear the jams and no words and you need to see something in the background that you can kind of ignore if you want to, I highly recommend it. So we'll put, we'll put the link, but I did, it was one of those things where I'd, after like two hours, it just became, I got to go through this thing. I got to get there. I got to get to the end. Yeah. And I got through 454 and then I just couldn't take it anymore. So I don't know that I could do that. But now, I mean, having, now that you've challenged all of us, then there but, is, I mean, definitely that, that is going to have to be a background. I could certainly not like focus, listen to five hours of jamming. There is, um, I don't th- know if it's on YouTube, I think, or if it's on archive, but there is somebody and God bless this person who did it. Um, a three hour, like a complete shows worth of tuning of the dead, <laughs> which is amazing when you think about it, because I got to tell you, there is no band that tuned more than the dead. We tune yeah. because we care. Oh my God. I mean, it's like you you see the Stones live or even, I mean, the Black Crows, you know, Rich Robinson would do this too. It's like they'd finish a song and all of a sudden there's another guitar like 
mm-hmm. out there for him to change. Right. And then the roadie takes it away and tunes it up and brings the next one out. Like the dead didn't believe in that. They just, right. they, Jerry and Bobby just sit there. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, again, it, I don't, it's, I guess if you're on, if you're at, if you, if you've reached that plane with whatever you've taken at that show, maybe that is the break that you needed. And maybe there was some strategy to it, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's almost worse than the 27 minute drums from like 99 and <laughs> such, but anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, if you had to sit down and listen, would it, would you listen to the 27 minute drums or 27 minutes of, of dead tuning? Oh, well, drums probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, my mine is not nearly as good as yours, but um, this was. I mean, I, I fell into this rabbit hole um, a few days ago with this band, and and I'm not sure where it came from. I don't know if I heard something like in a in my 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 like Apple Music favorites mix or like something just popped up and and made me think of them. But the band is Blind Melon, ah. and my recommendation is going to be their second album, which is soup. Yes. Just to tell you where I got first was like, so, so I think a song came on and made me think about it. And I was like, you know what I haven't watched in a long time is, is blind melons Woodstock 94 set. Mm -hmm. And so I watched that whole thing, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Shannon Hoon is in like this white, like, you know, sundress and with his hair and barrettes and he's apparently tripping on LSD the entire entire set. And, um, but it's fantastic. And then from there, I forget where else I went, but then it was just like, I now I just need to listen to the album. And so I listened to soup from start to finish and I listened to some of the first album too, which is, really good but i think i don't know if i just listen to it so much that it doesn't but the soup is just so good and it makes me sad to think about you know what that band could have been um because soup came out i think like two months before shannon hoon died and um they released another record after that called nico which was sort of a you know demos and lost cuts and and partially finished songs and stuff but um Apparently, like I was reading that that soup got like a terrible review in the Rolling Stone, which is just like, you know, so flipping typical, you know, but it's like, but then in hindsight, like people are saying that like, maybe it's, you know, one of the best albums of the 90s, you know, and um, just beyond its time in a lot of ways. And, uh, and so like truthful and raw and real you know like just when you listen to the words in the song but um i don't mean to get all super morose but but i just i I love i so i saw blind melon play one time and it was in um like october of 93 uh at a venue that a lot of people that are listening to this are familiar with Lakefront Arena uh, in New Orleans, and they were opening for Lenny Kravitz, and so it was Lenny Kravitz's tour. And I'm not sure if that I was probably like the "Are You Going to Get My Way" um, tour, and um, and they were opening. And I think we knew who they were, you know. I mean, I think because the No Rain had come out, you know, several months before that, so they were a thing. But 
and we were all really excited to see Lenny Kravitz because I mean, it's Lenny Kravitz, right? And he was a big thing still is, but I'll, I'll be damned if Bly Mellon didn't blow them off the stage. I mean, it was like, we got there early just because we were, you know, 17 and didn't have anything else to do. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I was just like, spellbound by them they were so like i hadn't heard i had, I knew like one song and was like in love with them after one set and you know i mean lenny kravitz was was good he put on a you know a bigger show but um but blind melon was awesome so ever since then i've been on the blind melon train and when i talk to people who don't know them i'm who like have good taste in music and and aren't familiar with blind melon or have only ever heard in the rain i just i just want to i just want to sit them down <laughs> and mm-hmm. play them soup start to finish it uh rolling stone said with such slight fare to offer and no kid in a bee suit soup puts blind melon in hot water ah such a Fuck, such a such a play on tra- words Tred- that's trash ted drozdowski uh yeah. where was soup recorded harvey uh, it was recorded in New Orleans. It, Kings sure, Studios, it, I think. it sure was. Um, and the guy who was not the producer, because uh, the producer was pretty famous, I think, but the engineer was uh, Mike Napolitano, who's a good friend of my brother's and who is now married to a very famous musician, uh, Ani DeFranco. And they live together in uh, in the Bywater down in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. So that was... And I think that, like, I think in Soup shows some New Orleans influences, too. You know, like, just sort of that that city tends to seep into music like that. Um, We'll say Blind Melon was very popular in uh, good old Wanakee, Wisconsin, back in uh, the mid-90s. My my favorite Blind Melon song is actually their version of Three is the Magic Number. Oh, so good. From the Schoolhouse Rock album. Oh man, that is that is unbelievable. It's such a good I went, song. So they so that uh that version is on their like maybe their greatest hits or something that's on mm-hmm. uh Apple Music, but they do not have the 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 um uh, Schoolhouse Rock album. Mm-hmm you know, in its entirety available. Maybe I, don't know, I didn't check Spotify, but it's not on Apple music, which made me sad because I remember that, but I don't have it. I think, you know, I think it was one of those that I, you know, mm-hmm. lost along the, along the way, but I don't even know who else was, who else is on that record. You know, we're looking it up as we go, but okay. I will say that another great, um, tribute or, uh, compilation record, Hempilation. Mm. <laughs> I think about that record a lot. And um, it's good. So on the, uh, we can get back to it, but Schoolhouse Rocks Rocks, uh, okay. Folk Implosion, Blind Melon, Better Than Ezra, oh, Ween, yeah. Ween, God bless him, The Lemonheads, Biz Marquee, Moby, Buffalo Tom, Daniel Johnson, and Skilo. That's a pretty damn good lineup. That is. I mean, really, in <laughs> hindsight, that's really not that bad. Um, yeah, I just, three is the magic number. And Conjunction Junction by Better Than Ezra is really pretty good. And then I remember the uh, Energy Blues by Bismarcky. It's funny. You, know, you go through, God, Google. Then Encomium, a tribute tribute to Led Zeppelin. No, that, that is actually re- – I mean, there's <laughs> there's some cheesy stuff on that, but there's some really good stuff too. And Blind that. Melon is on that, out on the tiles. Cracker yeah. did Good Times, Bad Times. Yeah. Uh, uh, did a Big Head Todd do uh, yes. Tangerine? Yes. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, man. 
we could do a whole episode about that. But it's panic. It's panic is not on the first templation. They are. Yes, they did. uh, Stone and the stone me. Stone me. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was on the first one or the second one. Um, My favorite song from Templation is. Well, don't step on the grass sand by the mule, but I gotta say, it is high time we went by the screaming cheetah wheelies. That is that is actually fantastic. Yes. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna have to find that. Maybe we can play that as the outro music this week. And uh, two Rolling Stone by Driving and Kind actually. That's really it's, good it's, too. It's freaking awesome. Yep. So yeah, that's a record. So I know nobody that makes records is listening to this, but if you could, if anybody that makes records wants to re- release that on vinyl for Record Store Day in 2020, you should. Well, they, I mean, I, that doesn't seem like a ridiculous request. They did, uh, they did the No Alternative uh, a couple I years mean, ago, which is a great compilation album. Crows, Rainy Day Women, I Want to Take You Higher by Blues Traveler, I Want to Get High by Cypress Hill, Mule, 311 with Who's Got the Herb, uh, Ian Moore, Champagne and Reefer, which is really good, Legalize It by Sublime, There's Ziggy Marley, Stone Me by Panic. High time we went, Cheetah Wheelies, and then two Rolling Stone, and um, Warren's on the driving and crying, uh, two Rolling Stone, which is super cool too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good record, man. That is a good record. Volume Volume Two has uh, has everything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, from back from like our episode two or three where we talked about yes. everything. Uh, George Clinton, Vic Chestnut does a song uh, from Good Homes, doing long long haired country boy, uh, Willie Ooh. Nelson. Um, Government Mule back with 30 Days in the Hole. Nice. And uh, Freddie Jones Band with Light Up or Leave Me Alone, which I bet that's probably <laughs> pretty good. I have not heard that, but that's probably pretty good. This is literally the uh, Panic Openers All-Stars. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hepalation Volume 2, Free the Weed. Mm-hmm. This, this is the, uh, and it got two and a half stars on all music. But oh, just, that's not fair. Well, I mean, Mike Watt, Robert Bradley... Willie's yeah. on Willie Spearhead, Big Sugar, Wayne Kramer of MC5. Give me a break. That's great. Mm-hmm. I know what I know what I'm listening to at work tomorrow. <laughs> Anyways, right. well, that was read devolved, but that was good stuff. Um, so we're back to classic closers. Um, I have three songs this episode, uh, five, four, and one, and you have three and two. So I will get things started. Well, let's uh, let's re- let's recap last week before oh yeah. we get into recap. it. Just a, um, so we went 10 through six last week. At number 10, I had Flatfoot Floozy. At number nine, Jeff went with Mr. Soul. Number eight, uh, Traveling Light. And then number seven, Henry Parsons died. And number six, Last Dance. So that'll get us to number five. So I went with a, another cover song for my pick. So I think out of, I had two picks last time, and I think I chose two cover songs, and I mm-hmm. have chosen another one um, with this one. And then I chose um, Cream Puff War for my fifth pick. And Cream Puff is a song that I think is awesome really no matter where it goes because it's it's a short it's a quick short blast of energy it's awesome in a closing spot we've seen it towards the start of shows we've seen it as an obviously it's a great encore um has it ever been a flip the bird one song encore no no No. well i mean i don't think it qualifies i don't think no it's not a flip the bird but it may have i don't think it's even been by itself but 
Um, it's too almost too short, but it's a great song, and obviously on the first Dead album, and another tribute album, another tribute album. And Pan- that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's Pan- right. Cream Puff Four on the on the Dead tribute album. That's right. And so I chose. Um, speaking of Mardi Gras, speaking of New Orleans, I chose Jazz Fest '99, five one ninety nine. Of course, Panic played two nights. They played Jazz Fest on the thirtieth and the Municipal Auditorium on the first. And the first, of course, has become a legendary show. Mm-hmm. Probably the best show of '99. Probably in that upper echelon of top fifteen twenty shows, maybe ever. I mean, I think certainly setlist-wise, set I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can really do much better. Uh, I remember seeing that when they came out, just like, damn, <laughs> just yeah. like heat from start to back, and uh, and obviously playing re- really well too. And um, this is a good, uh, you know, late late spring '99. You know, as they as they finish it up, they coming coming strong. Spring '99 is a. I mean, we're, we're going to do a spring '99 show. But Spring '99 is a really good tour. Um, I think it's probably the best part of the year. Even though, I mean, there's some good stuff in summer which we've played. But those two shows in Virginia that start things off with those crazy jams mm-hmm. um, uh, in yeah. uh, in Hampton and then in Salem. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Starkville and Huntsville, both of which those shows are great. The Lexington show, which we've talked about and played some stuff from, is awesome. The Jacksonville show, which the band released obviously the New Orleans show and then probably one of the best three show runs that panic's ever done to close out the tour at, um, house of blues and Myrtle beach. So this is definitely a preamble or prelude to, to the Myrtle beach stuff, but this is right at the end of the show, obviously with closers, um, post drums and it's going to close out with uh, cream puff war, but there's some really exciting stuff before that, which we'll talk about after the jump. And then, um, my other selection for this to be number four is I had to go with proving ground, um, which again is a great closer. Any way you, any way you do it, if it's a split, if it's split or if it's on its own, I think as, as I've grown older, Harvey, Mm. Uh, I've grown to like the unsplit proving Mm. more than the split proving, but Mm. I chose a split proving here because I really wanted to get this show into our queue at some point in time. And that's 102996 um, from Kalamazoo, which we've played a a bunch of stuff from fall 96. We've talked ad nauseum about fall 96. I do think that this is probably the, uh, it's, (laughs) It's well, you step top, up off the off the ledge there. Yeah, I pulled back. Top three show from from Fall '96. It's so good. I mean, eleven one is pretty tough to beat, but ten twenty nine is right up there. Massive diner in the first set. Uh, diner, nobody's fault in the first set. Um, and this is post drums again with a with, with a split proving, but there's some other really great stuff too. So let's get it started with five one ninety nine from new orleans and cream puff war and we'll follow it up with the proving ground from ten twenty nine ninety six in kalamazoo michigan
All right, that were that, those were picks five and four from the closer classic closers widespread panic draft. Uh, number five was Cream Puff War, and the version we played was from May first, nineteen ninety nine, at the municipal municipal auditorium in New Orleans, Louisiana. Post drums Greta into Sharon into Cream Puff War. And then the fourth pick was Proving Ground, and we played the version from October 29th, 1996, Kalamazoo, Michigan, State Theater. Two sh- two episodes in a row where we played shows from the State Theater in Kalamazoo, which is a place that Panic played really great shows in 95, 96, and 97. Uh, we did Airplane into Proving, into Love Tractor, back into Proving. And so I don't have too much to really talk about, but... Um, the Cream Puff Four from Five One Ninety Nine, I think, is a really great example of of, of a closer. A cream, a high energy, short, concise, um, leaves the audience wanting more. No, I mean it's a great spot for a closer because it leaves leaves it leaves the show on a high note, and you but you know still there's more coming. Obviously, this segment is probably most notable for the return of Sharon for the first time, and. What twelve years at that point? I think mm-hmm. um, over a thousand shows, um, and it's like the band had been pl- practicing it and playing it all along. It's like they just pulled it off the shelf and plugged in the tape, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we know how to do this." Mm-hmm. Um, great version of Sharon. Crowd super into it, and obviously that's become a, a setlist staple um, since then in a lot of ways. And then the '96 show, um, fantastic version of Airplane. A, a kind of a, a not a rare post drums airplane but not the most common thing um split provings are pretty common of course when i first started going to shows and they split proving ground uh, i of course i thought it was like this crazy thing i'd never seen a band before that split songs so i thought it was the most amazing thing ever um but again what there's really not much else to say about proving ground that hasn't already been said by us or by other people it's just it is such an awesome song the segment in the middle that just builds and it's just full of dissonance and noise. Um, I will say, you know, as much as we've maligned Danny, the sound guy uh, for, for he <laughs> so, knew how to squeeze all the he, juice out oh, of the burning ground. He, oh, absolutely. I mean, Oh, just epic stuff in the, in especially fall 98. So, uh, but I wanted to get this show in from 96 cause it's such a favorite of mine. Um, Okay, a couple a couple things. Um, one of my favorites, and I don't know if it's just on the tapes that I've always had, but uh, from that Sharon, there's a guy who does like a double whistle thing, like about two minutes in. That's like one of my favorite things. It's like. I don't know. I just it's part of the show for me. <laughs> but I, I I can't whistle very well or else I would do it for you. But um, it's, I just, yeah, I love it every time I hear it. And then um, on Proving Ground, you said before before we went to the music that, that as you've gotten older, you're more of a straightforward Proving Ground guy. Um, do you think, um, is is Proving Ground the the best sandwich song that Panic does? Uh, I mean, no. Driving is still the best sandwich. Well, I don't mean just like I'm not ranking the songs, but I'm just saying as far as like the most impact of like you know going into something else and coming back of like 
Yeah, because I, I mean, we've talked about how like Papa's Home is sort of like a fake split song, and I don't think of Driving Song as. I mean, I guess you could make the case. It just doesn't seem like it has quite the the impact that that like a bruising or a chili does. It, it's split more often than not, though. Driving. Sure. Right. 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 And I think proving um, probably is too. At least it used to be. I guess I just think of them as like you know a song where like somebody who maybe hadn't listened to the band very much and goes to see a show and then like they do that and they're like you know it's like their heads turn sideways like what's going on they were playing the song like fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, I mean in that regard maybe I think driving probably historically. The best stuff is inside of a driving sandwich. Yeah, fair. Compared compared to a proving sandwich, but in terms of like punching the face in the moment, proving probably has a bit of a leg up. But it's also what's in the middle too. I think mm-hmm. it's got to be. It, it's always something high energy. So I mean, the first time I think I saw one was a blackout in the middle of it, which is was is been a regular thing in the middle of a proving sandwich and love tractor obviously fits really well. I mean, love tractor act- actually is made for being inside a proving ground. Yeah. And it actually, I mean, it, it, although it really kind of stuck out to me, this version, um, how much of a, uh, turn on a dime going into love tractor is out of the proving mm-hmm. ground. You know what I mean? Like s- seems like usually it's a more of a, not a slow buildup, but you know, like either with, with a Jojo song where it's just sort of like a slow piano build or, or something else. Um, but that, but love tractor was just like, they just, you know, they yeah, just turned on the dime to, to went straight into it. But anyway, um, anything else on these? No, I think, well, we're going to actually break, um, uh, break protocol here and play the yeah. same song in the same episode that's an as i will a hundred percent your fault my hundred percent my fault because you 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 picked you knew like i had already picked the song in the three spot (laughs) and so you you but you decided that you wanted to play it too so my pick as the number three um classic closer is love tractor of course and so jeff couldn't leave that alone he had to include it in his number four pick too but um I uh, I had a hard time picking out which version to use for this because I mean it really is uh, just a quintessential panic closer. I mean, as I look at the statistics, I think it is the third most common um, show closer uh, that the band has ever played. One hundred thirty-one times, or no, second, no, second. Second most common uh, show closer of the band's ever played, 131 times, which is, you know, for a song that's played 945 times all time, you know, 14% uh, in that slot. So um, pretty regular uh, set closer. And um, so lots of choices. Obviously, um, it's a great version in Huntsville 96, the Gilded Blackout Contentment Love Tractor. Um, New Year's 97 has a good one coming, just coming out of drums after that just massive first part of the third set um, and, uh, and several others. But the one that I chose is, um, is May 7th, 1997. And that's the palace theater in Louisville, which we have played some stuff from before. Um, Worst show. ever. (laughs) Definitely the worst one I've ever been to for sure. Um, so so uh 
and this is a it's just yeah, it's just a concise i mean it, there's nothing spectacular about either of the songs coming out of drums except that they're just you know sublime they just perf- they just fit perfectly where they are and um love that you get the full papas coming out of drums and not a split papas and um and then tractor to close out uh such a such an epic show and then um number two is uh chili water which uh i consider to be very good value at number two (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was uh, definitely a uh peyton manning ryan leaf situation uh, uh, not quite but um so so yeah you want to talk about a song that was hard to find a uh you know a a perfect closer for so many choices. That is the song that has been played more than any other as the closer mm-hmm. 237 times, uh, out of its 1100 plays, 21% of its plays is the closer. And, um, the one I went with is actually one that I was not super familiar with, but me sort of, either. I had never listened to this show before. Yeah. But, um, but kind of looking through the, every time played, you know, looking at, songs that they were paired with that this looked like a good one and and it definitely is i liked it a lot so it's uh november 25th 1997 from um, the joint in las vegas nevada so that's the post drums there so uh so we get those two so but first things first coming out of drums uh may 7th 1997 uh from the palace theater in louisville kentucky uh, papa's home
Those were two selections from 1997. First, you heard Post Rome's 5797, Papa's Home into Love Tractor from Louisville, Kentucky, and then 112597, Arlene into Chili Water from Las Vegas, Nevada. Those being the number two and number three uh, ranked all time panic closers. And, um, uh, a, cu- a couple things uh, on the first bit from the Louisville show. Um, I kind of like, I don't know if it's, uh, if you notice, like, it seemed like the, the start of Tractor was just a little bit different than normal. You kind of had, um, I don't know. It seems like generally it's like you get the drums and then like Mikey comes in with that guitar lick. Um, but this one, it was like Jojo sort of did like the slow piano bit and then the bass and the guitar kind of came in a little more quiet in behind that. And then JB started singing. Um, it just was, you know, it was just kind of cool. A little bit of a, a different take on it. And then, um, the, like we were talking, um, obviously a lot of choices for chili water closers, but, um, you know, some of the, the bigger ones we've already either already played <laughs> or, you know, um, didn't fit because of the segment was too long or, you know what? So, um, I did kind of have to dig a little bit deeper into, you know, maybe looking at some stuff I hadn't listened to before. And that's where I got to this, uh, this show from, from fall 97, which I honestly, I don't know that I had ever really listened to before. Um, cause they did that stuff like down in Texas that I knew pretty well from, uh, 1121, 1122. And then the, the Warfield stuff, uh, from 1128 and 1129. But, uh, the show from, from Vegas, I didn't know really well. And, uh, there's some cool stuff with Jerry Joseph, a climb to safety. Um, the first climb, I guess they did it in spring of 97, but you know, it wasn't in rotation. It was a Jerry Joseph song, basically, uh, Climb to Safety, Chainsaw City. And then uh, Out of Drums, what we played was Arlene and Chili Water. And uh, both really good versions. The Arlene was, I uh, thought, really sort of top-notch. Yeah, the Arlene is really smoking from that show. It's funny because, you know, I'm looking at the set, obviously, the set list from 5797, and we've talked ad nauseum about it. And it is, this is one of the best five shows ever. I mean, I don't think, I... I I will not argue that point with anyone um, because it's just a statement of fact, but it's funny because I look at all the points of this show that I've, that I refer to or like reflect on as being great. And it's the galleon opener. It's the bar stools. It's the, let's get the show on the road. It's the bow legged opener for the second set. It's the airplane party at your mama's house, gilded splinters. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's this thing post drums. That's really good too. <laughs> like, like I don't make it there ever. Cause I'm so right, just right. floored by everything that came before it. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, and it's not like, you know, the, and, and, uh, you know, it's not like the encore is like, you know, burning it down so you're no. you know, you're sort of like usually you get up to drums and you're like ah, oh, that's good enough you know yeah i think it and again like they did they did the they did a two-song encore they did help me somebody make sense if there was ever a night for the flip the bird encore it was definitely this night um shout out to our to our fan bob who te- emailed me a while back and said you guys really love papa's home 
we do. We love we, we love uncut papas. Guilty, um, guilt, guilty as charged, Bob. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you pick two really good versions of two really great songs, but it's just sort of like it, it's just the love tractor. I, you're you're right. It's a solid version of it, but everything else that comes before it is is, is the part that is sort of like epic all time panic. So. Yeah. And it's just a, I mean, it is a great, uh, you know, period or exclamation point on a show. The, you know, love tractor just knows how to, that's that's how they close things down. And, uh, was there anything else that was close uh, that was on your list for perspective, uh, inclusion? Um, in the, in the entire list, like in the top 10, no, in that, in that slot. For Love Tractor, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Of choices, yeah. I mean, I think the, um, like I said, the Huntsville '96, the, the, you know, gilded blackout contentment Love Tractor, um, that one was really good. And fair to Midland there too. Yeah, and then there was a show from uh, Columbus, Ohio, November fourth, two thousand one, um, that oh, I was yeah. at. That was uh, post drums was a Junko Impossible Love Tractor and. Have like, you played anything from that show? I don't know that we have because that show is awesome. It is really good. Were you, did you did you go to no, that? No, I, I went to the three shows before that and skipped Columbus because I was a responsible graduate student, and then uh, saw the set again. Saw the set from Columbus. So, like, why do I even bother with this anymore? Right. <laughs> I mean, again, um, I saw Halloween two thousand one, which was fine, but everything else after that was just and then. The thing- yeah, was it wasn't it was it the uh was it a which was the one where you were like you almost walked out? Was it eleven two oh one? Eleven two, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the thing that stuck out to me about eleven four was uh it was game seven of the World Series that night. Mm-hmm. Uh the two thousand one World Series between the Diamondbacks and the Yankees. Um yes. it's got it was the first uh the first World Series to be played in November because it got delayed after, or, you know, nine 11 pushed everything back. Um, and, uh, I remember the image of the, of the Yankees fan holding up the Mr. November sign when Jeter (laughs) homered after midnight. And I guess that was probably game five, uh, uh, at Yankee stadium. And, um, but this was game seven. And, um, I don't know if you remember how many of you are baseball fans, but, um, you know, the, the Yankees were up and, you know, Mariano Rivera's in and he's, you know, lights out, obviously, Inner especially Sandman. in postseason and in the World Series. And um, somehow the Diamondbacks came back and, uh, you know, and beat them on a on a walk off bloop by uh, Luis Gonzalez. But um, that so they had like a TV in the bar back behind, like, you know, in the very back of the club. And it was a big screen, which is kind of a, you know, you didn't always see that at, you know, at a music hall, but they had it on. And so I remember watching that during the show, watching game seven of the world series, you know, just kind of, I mean, not, I wasn't standing there watching the game, but I would just sort of check in. And, uh, and I remember that they played impossible as the diamondbacks were coming back, you know, in the bottom of the ninth, which I always thought was, you know, how do they know? How do they know? Maybe they were watching backstage during drums. Maybe. Yeah, that was, uh, I remember that. I remember we, we talked after that show and I remember you, you saying that, but yeah, that's a good show. Good version. I guess, you know, I was obviously I was slipping through the companion while you were talking, uh, 1027, 2000 new Orleans. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, sort of a. I think again, what comes before it is more epic, but still not a bad version. So, anyways, so I had the number one pick, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of debate in our war oh, room. Can, before, was, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no. I, well, just before we get, I definitely want to hear all about your decision process. Um, but the the one thing about um, the va- the chili water, the Arlene and the chili, um, I, I don't know if you noticed, like during Arlene, JB like shouts out, and I was like, <laughs> and it stuck out to me. And so then I went back and looked, and. Um, you know, fall 97, spring 98 was like one of the biggest El Nino events in history. <laughs> and so that was a big deal in the news, you know, uh-huh. top, the topical band widespread panic, always on the cutting edge of, uh, of, you know, <laughs> the world's news, but that was JB's, you know, nod to, uh, El Nino and, uh, lead singer slash meteorologist. <laughs> John um, Farmer Bell. And, uh, um, and, then, and then the other thing in the chilly water was that they sort of dropped into a uh, entering a black hole backwards jam in the middle, which yeah. I, I thought was pretty cool and unique. Yeah. So I had the number one pick. And bring us in the war room. <laughs> Take us inside the war room. Yeah. So, you know, we had Bill Polian, Charlie Casserly, um, you know, a number of uh, other other staff, former GMs. Um, that was your you know, problem. You didn't in. have any. You didn't have any panic guys. You just had a bunch of football. Well, you know, we we tried to reach out to some of the you know you know classic tapers. Tried to reach out to uh, former you know members of the. Uh, tried to reach out to Danny West Taft, uh, you know Julian Eldridge, a bunch of other you know a bunch of people. Tried to bring them in, but just didn't get a lot of. So it's just me and a bunch of football guys. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, I went with. Uh, maybe heart a heart pick instead of a uh, instead of a head pick obviously chili is a better song than the one i chose but i went with something that a, a personal memory and also a a great series of songs um that closed out a show that just happened to end with conrad and that is november 29th 2000 so i chose conrad the caterpillar which i will say I, I once, I always called it Conrad the Caterpillar, and was somewhat disappointed when they just changed it to Conrad. Um, but I like it as Conrad the Caterpillar. Yeah, I and agree. so I chose eleven twenty nine two thousand Champaign Illinois, which again, if you if you're a friend of the pod, we played segments before the sandbox driving, breathing slow, B of D to start the second set, which is. Um, epic um and it talked about how this show is the sleeper show of this fall tour because it definitely gets over overshadowed by carbondale and 12 1 2000 um people, but people are gonna people are gonna be shocked that you picked a a show from the midwest uh yeah i know right i'm mean, just i'm captain obvious here picking a show from fall 2000 the last great tour a show from the midwest and then also a show that incorporates two other amazing songs um but chose post drums eleven twenty nine two thousand closed out with Conrad, um, but this whole series of three songs is just special. It's a really great run, and I hope you all like it. So we'll get things started with Hatfield from November twenty nine two thousand and close it out with Conrad the Caterpillar. 
days just before winter. Garage overhead builds mama get a little bit hotter than usual. No, there wasn't no heater. Something bubbling in the corner.
right, the number one pick in the widespread panic classic closers draft was Conrad the Caterpillar, and Jeff had that pick. And we went with uh, November 29th, 2000 from Assembly Hall. Now I think it is the State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois, with an amazing old flying saucer of a building. Post drums, Hatfield into Bowlegged Woman into Conrad. Three awesome songs. I mean, just really great. This whole show is great, but this really great pacing. Hatfield has this massive JB rap in it that I think we, we referenced our good friend Jane Clamp a few, uh, several episodes ago, but Jane transcribed this whole rap. And it really, when you used to actually read her transcriptions, you're like, Jesus, JB, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, um, this version of Bowlegged is sensational. And this version of Conrad's really great. And again, we're blessed with really good tapes from this night. Uh, Chris Olson running Neumann KM 140s. John Hubert was running FOB Sheps that night. So and there were some AKGs, so some really good tapes. Um, is like they kind of split the arena in like a third, so the band was kind of on the back third of the basketball court area, and so there was a small floor section, and then people up in the stands, and it was it was mm, nice. great night, great show, um, high energy Conrad closer, and again, it's one of those shows that like there's really nothing else the band could do, which so the flip the bird which I don't consider, consider sometimes a flip the bird encore, but it was really just sort of one of those things. And again, of course, of course it was like, Oh, they had Sharon. They were supposed to play Sharon, but they ran out of time, which supposedly they were supposed to play Sharon on the 28th in Bloomington. Oh, they ran out of time. They changed it. But anyway, it was, um, it was a, that was like one of those things that sort of got kept getting floated around. Like Sharon was getting cut from set lists. <laughs> um, but uh, a great show, great version of the song. And, you know, I, again, I wouldn't say it was a reach. I think we had two top, I think we had two clear, uh, picks at the top two Conrad. There's a tier one. Yeah. There, yeah. The, the, that was the top tier, I think. And, and, uh, I, you know, I think it was, I, I think part of it was, I really just want, I mean, I knew what I wanted to play. I wanted to play this segment and that's why I went with it. Cause there's a lot of good chilies, but we had played some good chilies, but I think this is, this was something that was special to me and what I wanted to share with everybody. Yeah. And if you, if you hadn't taken Conrad, I probably would have in the second and I probably would have biffed the choice. I would have gotten, you know, I wouldn't have done, <laughs> I wouldn't have done 11, 29, 2000. I probably would have no. done, I probably would have done 12, 31, 95. Well, uh, and your, and your strong anti Midwest bias. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, we all have anti, we're all anti big 10, except <laughs> ah, boo. I know. Hey, we'll, we'll have eight teams in the tournament this year and we'll all be out after the first weekend. So, um, well, I wanted to, um, did you have more you want to say about? No, Japan? No. Right. Um, we did through tonight playing or this music, uh, debuted, version two of the bluest tape t-shirt which is going to be uh five seven ninety seven and um so the segment from uh airplane through the end of the set is going to be our next t-shirt so same design different songs and different shows so um if you still want the uh we'll still keep the the uh the seven five ninety seven driving disco driving breathing slow up there for a little while but we'll get the new one up there too and um and you can you can make your pick, and that helps uh, support the podcast. We really appreciate the folks that have uh, have bought T shirts already, and um, it's uh, you know 
it's good stuff helps us pay the bills because um one of these days my wife's going to realize how much i'm spending on this stuff and <laughs> uh, uh, before we get too far, I want to apologize if you hear dings on this recording. Apparently, my wife's text messages keep popping up. So, um, hmm. if that if, if that's the case, I apologize. Does she not know that you're busy? What is she What is she looking for? Is she I don't waiting know. She's for you to texting. vacate so she can come and go to sleep or something? Te- texting with her friend Mary about God uh, knows what. So, hmm. um, but no, I th- you know we, we've uh, episode eighty two. Harvey, can you believe it? That yeah. is, we've, we've come this far. We're getting pretty close to uh, to the two year anniversary because we we came out. It was it was the very beginning of April of uh, of twenty seventeen. So, wow. um, yeah, it's been a it's been a long ride. But um, just to recap, um, now that we've finished our our countdown of our top ten um, traditional closers, and I will go from one to ten this time. Uh, Jeff went with Conrad with the first pick. Uh, I did Chili Water and Love Tractor at two and three. Uh, Jeff went with Proving Ground and Cream Puff War at four and five. Uh, I did Last Dance and Henry Parsons Died at six and seven. Jeff did Travel and Light, uh, Mr. Soul at eight and nine. And I finished things off with Flatfoot Floozy at number 10. So um, I think we, like we did, it was pretty good all in all. It was pretty solid. Um, you know, I think some of the songs that would maybe, um, you know, stick out as, uh, you know, just missed out on the, out of the bubble, uh, you know, port song, fish water, uh, makes, makes sense, sense to me. Uh, uh, ain't life grand blackout blues, um, radio child, uh, climb to safety. Those are all, um, songs that were in the, in the running, but didn't make the cut, uh, for whatever reason, but, um, and if, if you've listened to the podcast for 82 episodes, you know, by now that neither of us are going to willingly choose radio child. <laughs> Fair point. Um, <laughs> but some of the other songs, certainly, I mean, again, some really terrible widespread panic songs, um, that we could have chosen. So again, I, th- I think it's, uh, I think we have a good, we did a good job with this one. So are we going to do encores or are we just going yeah, to no, do... I think we should. That's uh, I mean, that should be in the queue somewhere. We'll do that. Okay. Um, like we got some, we have some pretty good ideas coming up for the next few, uh, next couple of months, but uh, we can get to that at some point. Um, I guess this will be our last show before um, panic in DC. So um, if anybody, you know, sees me say hi i don't know if you you know i'll be i'll be rocking my my bluest tape t-shirt i'll be wearing my you know i'll be the dork that wears the panic shirt to the panic show but it's 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 different yeah it's borderline right i mean acceptable so if you if you see a guy you know wearing that you you know decent chances of me um i'll have some stickers handing out too so if you find me um i'll have i'll have stickers and um and then we'll do, uh, you know, assuming uh, everything goes well, we'll we'll do a recap show uh, after that. So, um, and I assume you'll be holding up your sign like you usually do for uh, Daisy May and Nebulous. Is that usually what you hold up? Monstrosity is mostly. Oh, well, Monstrosity, uh, yeah, I'm that's a good one too. Looking for the for the comeback of Monstrosity. Yeah, that'd be a good one. So. All right. Well, um, thanks everybody for, uh, for joining us. Um, 
don't forget to check out all the other great uh, podcasts on the Osiris Podcast Network at uh, osirispod.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Blue Tape, and uh, we're on the Facebook too. And uh, always appreciate feedback um, via any any uh, method of your choosing. Um, and and don't forget to go uh, go check out uh, the t-shirts. Uh, there's a link on our Facebook page and in the show notes and uh it's a good way to help support the podcast and also get a really cool t-shirt which is uh super comfortable maybe my most comfortable shirt that i own so um (laughs) how's that for an endorsement um but uh other than that thanks everybody for listening uh jeff i hope you have a good one we'll talk to you later talk soon